Hi there, this is Shorsha, and uh, this is round two of my introduction because I screwed up with the editing. It's been a very long week, so uh, this is the second time I'm trying. Just wanted to let everyone know that there are some sound issues midway through the episode on my end, but thankfully Laura did the hosting this week and she did an amazing job, so we don't hear from myself as much as usual. I'm sure some people will be happy to know, and thankfully that is the case this week with the sound issues I was having. Uh, so hopefully it won't be a huge issue for people, but I just want to let everyone know in advance. And uh, well, without further ado, here is the episode and here is Laura. Please enjoy. <laughs> Well, hello and welcome to episode 80 of the Adventure Games podcast. I'm not your usual host, but I am tonight. But don't worry, Shorsha is here as well. He, he's uh, he's still present. He's just uh, given me the reins for one episode only. And I am Laura, of course. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. I... Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe it won't be. But <laughs> I just thought I, mean, I was we're... giving a little little go, a little test run, but maybe not. Well, when we uh, first uh, met for Gamescom last year, it was supposed to be for one episode only, and then you stayed, you stayed for years. <laughs> I wheedled my way in. Yes, that's right. Yes, so we, we have the lovely Shorsha here, who's your usual host. And of course, we have the lovely Thomas as well. Good evening. Good morning. Oh. Good afternoon, wherever you are when you're listening to this. I hope exactly. you are being safe and healthy. Quite right. Um, and Shorsha, you, first of all, let's start off with, uh, before we get into the games, because we've got quite a lot of games to talk through as well as uh, a TV show as well that's related mm -hmm. to games. But you had a message uh, you kind of wanted to give out, first of all, before we crack into all of that. Yes, thank you, Laura. I just wanted to give a shout out to Mark Darin, who's been having some health issues. He appeared on the podcast at the beginning of this year well before COVID happened. Um, but he, you know, he put it up on his social media that he had some health issues and he's in hospital as well. He's on his own. Now he's back at home now. He's recovering. But I just want to give a, give a shout out to Mark Darren. Um, he made Nick Bounty and uh, Dame with the Blue Chewed Shoe, which I reviewed and I really loved the game. I found it really, really funny. So I just want to remind people as well, if you wanted to help out Mark Darren, if you wanted to help him pay his bills and help yourselves, you can always get his game, which is on Steam. And I believe it might be on Itch, but it's definitely on Steam because, of course, everyone who buys the game, it will help him you know, be able to pay for his health uh, expenses which are quite uh, quite a lot and also it's a really funny game it's um it's very very funny and i think it's exactly what we all need this year of all years i laughed all the way through it's a relatively short game took me a few hours but i really really enjoyed it and i really laughed all the way through so i think it's a win 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 for everyone and um just get better soon mark i hope you're doing okay and i hope you get better soon so as i said Again, people, you want to help him out and help yourselves, go buy um, Nick Bounty on uh, Steam, which is not too expensive, not too long, but very, very good. And you can listen back, of course, to Shorsha's review of it as well on, on our website. I think it's, yes. I can't remember which episode it is, oh, but have a trawl um, through. 
Point yeah, Nick Bounty, search for it. January, February, back yeah. pre-COVID. I can't remember my life pre-COVID at this stage. Oh, gosh, was so, there a life? <laughs> I, I, apparently there was. We had a life. We could travel and everything. We could remember that when we used to go on planes. Hello, very exciting. <laughs> uh, uh, but another exciting thing before we get into because obviously it was Gamescom recently, um, so we're going to talk about some of the review, uh, some of the demos that were on during that. Uh, Thomas and I had a look at those. Um, I've also had a look at Roki, uh, which has just come out recently. But before we do all that, uh, Shosha, you may not have re- any games to review, but you have been watching some TV. Is that right? Yeah, this week I don't have. Uh, I haven't completed any games this week, <sighs> shockingly enough, because uh, the weather has been the weather has been quite good in Ireland these last well week or two. <laughs> so I've been trying to get out and about as much as I can before the winter sets. You've clearly um, not been in Galway today. Really not well. That's rain, we rain, long, rain, rain, rain. I mean, that's Galway, though. Anyway, we can have a long discussion with the weather in Ireland if you wish. Or <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, uh, I did watch High Score on Netflix, which uh, some people have been talking about. So this is a Netflix documentary. It's mainly about the origin and evolution of video games. So it talks about the creation of uh, you know the first video games like Pac-Man and Space Invaders and uh, Street Fighter and all these kinds of games. But what would interest people maybe listening to this podcast would be mainly Episodes 3 and Episodes 5. Episode 3, none other than Roberta and Ken Williams make an appearance and they are interviewed about how they created Sierra. And then the episode focused on... Uh, I believe it's Mystery House, Murder Mystery House, I think, which was apparently the very first graphic PC game. So it's the very first PC game that would have graphics. Now, it looked very rudimentary nowadays, but it was revolutionary back then because it enabled PC to be able to compete with arcades and consoles at the time. And that is thanks to Roberta and Ken Williams. So I had some very fun interviews with the two of them about how Roberta convinced Ken to you know, help her create the game and uh, then how Ken created the company. Now, it would have been nice to have more of them because (laughs) it is kind of short. Uh, The interviews with them are short and it doesn't focus a huge amount. So I know there have been people who said that uh, they would have liked more. Of course, I agree. Now, having said that, the very fact that they appear at all, I think is great. Um, And so that was that was fun. And then in episode five, I believe, it talked about controversy in video games, violence in video games. So it featured Mortal Kombat, which ended up in Congress. I believe it was the early 90s. And I don't know if you heard, you guys heard of this game, Night Trap, I believe the game is called. You guys heard of that game? No. No. No, I had never heard of it either. It's apparently, it's an FMV choose your own adventure style game where you have to, where you have different CCTV cameras in a house. And there are these young people who are partying in a house and then these invaders come in and you have to help the people in the house with the cameras and you have to help them escape. Now, it was very controversial, I believe, because there are some scenes. Now, it would be very tame nowadays, but it was controversial back then that, again, it ended up in Congress and the politicians, mainly older white men, <laughs> were saying, shame on you, this is terrible, and please take with the children, blah de blah de blah And um, apparently there was one scene where the, the the invaders, they took a woman who was in the 
bathroom doing makeup or something. Now, I think it looks more comical nowadays than okay, yeah. anything remotely scary. Um, but it was it was fun because they had a cre- the interview with the creator and he spoke about uh, how he came up with the idea of the game and the development of the game and the reaction. And apparently it was originally developed by Hasbro of all companies. <laughs> and it was, but it was a lot of fun. Now, I had some kind of issues with the series as a whole. I mean, um, there were parts where they had, it was called High Score. So there were parts of the series which focused a lot on people in arcades and going to competitions. And I just felt that that was a bit repetitive because mm. it was always like, oh, this kid, he becomes really good at the game. Like say Space Invaders, he goes to a competition and oh, spoiler, he wins. Wow. And it happened again and again. I suppose, that was I that, found... how did it, how did they kind of split it? Because you're talking about sort of violence in video games as one episode. Was it sort of trying to do a history of video games through the ages and how it's changed or were they just looking at different sort of important moments or how did they kind of yeah did they so say... every, every episode had a topic so right, okay. the first episode was shall we say arcades you know how yeah. the evolution of arcades and then the second one i can't remember exactly mm. but they had the console war of sega and oh i can't remember at this stage and then nintendo, three, i think so yeah sega and nintendo it was very interesting actually how sega came onto the market to compete with Nintendo and um, and the console market and how the console market wanted to compete with the arcades and also how in the early 80s uh, there was a crash in the video game industry with E.T. and had an interview with the creator of E.T. Yeah, uh, it's a very good documentary about that specific thing on Netflix as well. That's the Atari game, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. yeah that that got buried in, in a <laughs> in landfill. Uh, that, was, the, that was that uh, was thought to be an urban myth until uh, they actually found the landfill where they buried all the ET cartridges. So it was actually uh, a true thing, and yeah, it's mm. one game almost destroyed this industry. Yeah, it's, uh, it was so I, bad. But it, it was very it was very interesting with the interview with the creator. I don't want to spoil anything, but he explained you know development that basically he had like a couple of months to to make the game and how he actually he had met six Spielberg. weeks. Yeah, exactly. Six weeks, and he met with Spielberg, who gave the go-ahead, and it uh, it was very interesting. And, it, and my fa- one of my favorite lines is when he said, "I didn't mean to make the worst game of all time." <laughs> Just turned I mean, out it, like that. <laughs> at least it was the worst. Do you know what I mean? There's some kind of pride in being like that. Yeah, the worst. It's not even mediocre, but it's something that's so bad it nearly ruined the whole industry. There's oh, something you can tell. Yeah. Now, and also what's another good thing about this uh, documentary is it does focus on the LGBTQ community. It has an interview with a trans gamer and with other, um, with some, you know, gay people. So it's not really comprehensive, but it um, it can appeal to, to both gamers and non-gamers alike. So I think there is, you know, it's good as well that Netflix had a um, high quality and it obviously had high, you know, budget a documentary yeah. on video games with uh, with interviews with the creators of some of the most famous games of all time. There's also interviews with the creators of Doom and how that came about and how that changed the video I, uh, game industry. I, um, I, I also would have... I also would have liked, um, uh, sorry, Thomas, I would have liked if they had focused more on King's Quest because I believe that that is more revolutionary than mm. Murder Mystery House. Even though Murder Mystery House is the first uh, PC graphical game, uh, King's Quest, you know, not talking about the quality or anything. I know people have different opinions, but definitely it is more, much more revolutionary because it's the first 
PC graphical game with a character on screen which you move around. And I think that deserved a lot more attention than probably Murder Mystery House. But yeah, no, definitely recommend it. No, Sorry, no, Thomas, okay. you were saying? Well, you've forgotten. Sorry. Uh, well, thanks for that, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been wanting to check that out. So I, I definitely will because I wasn't sure if it was going to be, as you say, just kind of focusing on the arcade elements. But if it's going into more kind of in depth, great that, you know, Sierra and no, Adventure Games to get consoles a... and uh, PC. You know, it, it does focus on RPG in that episode. Um, more now one weird thing about that episode is it's uh it focuses on a game called gay blade which and they start off by saying that n- not many people in fact no one has ever heard of this game and it's a fun story but it's kind of strange that it focused it gave as much focus on this game as it did on roberta right. ken williams um now absolutely i you know I, I think it is great that they did focus as well on the lgbt community but there are other games with you know about this topic that you know had much mm. more of an influence and so it's kind of felt a bit weird that they had like 20 minutes on this yeah game i mean they could have done that on gone home or something episode, you know it, which yeah, was exactly. quite revolutionary which, in, in various ways and for its environmental yeah. storytelling yeah. and also obviously it did have an lgbt uh storyline as well um exactly. but yeah. it's a fun story so one to it's on, it's on netflix if people want to check it out it's high yeah, score and um and it's six episodes. And Ken Williams has written a, or is writing a book about the history of Sierra uh, himself. Yeah. If you go to his website, I think it's kenwilliams.com. Uh, you can sign up for his um, uh, for an alarm when the book uh, comes out. And I think that's going to be a very interesting book for anyone who is interested in the adventure game genre. And there's another book out called The Sierra Adventure. So many books. Um, from, was it, was it, What's his name? Sean. He's from Infamous Adventures, and he has written the Infamous Advent- the Sierra Adventure, which is also about that. It's also about the creation of Sierra and then how it you know evolved and then how it ended as well. But obviously, the two books could be good companion pieces because this book also has interviews with um, with creators working at Sierra at the time, like Al Lowe and uh, well, just about every you know most other people. But then obviously Ken Williams. It's you know, from the horse's mouth. So that would also be so much to read and watch at the moment. Excellent. I know. Um, but we've also <laughs> got games. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we got nothing. And we got to play. games as well to, to review. <laughs> There's also games. So on that note, um, I guess we'll, we'll kick off with the game reviews, and and we'll start with a kind of double, uh, double pack of games uh, by the same developer, uh, and these are these are games you can get on itch.io and also Steam. Uh, one of them is called Family, and one of them is called Rivals, and they're quite similar in some senses. They're both kind of based around um, music genres and bands, but they're and they're both kind of uh, detective games as well. And in fact, Family, which I played a little while ago, um, has been praised by none other than Lucas Pope of Return of the Obra Dinn fame. So, you know, when when someone like Lucas Pope is um, uh, complimenting you on your detective game, you know you've probably done a pretty good thing. Um, but yeah, they're both kind of detective puzzle games. Family is based around a fictional 80s indie music scene. Um, and there's fictional 80s bands. And basically the whole idea is um, you have to uncover which band members were in which band and what did they play. So much like with Oberdin, where you have to work out which crew 
killed who with what murder weapon. This time it's with bands and instruments rather than murder weapons. Um, And you do that by, it's all on one screen. You don't have to move around. You're simply looking at a screen um, with album covers. Um, There's little snippets of radio interviews um, which you can play and that will uncover little bits um, of information um, and on, on your screen as well there are the bands um, and you have to basically click on underneath the band and decide you know which member is placed where you've got the whole list of members and then you also have to decide what they played um, and the bands are great the um, Tim Scheiman who's the developer obviously had a lot of fun recreating these fictional bands and these interviews he obviously knows a lot about music um you know he, he's got sort of things like rara buffala and little red marks and the castagnettes and things like that so they're all quite sort of in in jokey kind of fun uh band names and basically yeah you've got uh radio interview snippets you can play back and there's also uh bits of um written articles you have to read through and in the articles it will say something like you know oh yeah someone's uncle what um you know played this and and then you have to kind of just work it out through that and much like with Oberdin, uh every five that you get right um that gets confirmed that you got it right so it's not each one you get right you know you've got it right um which adds a bit of kind of fun to it because obviously you, you're having to like play around with it um and yeah and it's all uh, at, for both of the uh, games i'll get into rivals in a second uh they have original music so you can listen through to uh, music from the bands and that it's songs uh, that have been performed by um real life bands um which is really cool and i think in both games the, the music's really good especially uh, in rivals there were some tracks which i really enjoyed listening to um and you will you'll need to listen to them for clues but it's also quite fun just listening to them whilst you're trying to figure out what's going on um so family probably takes i'd say maybe about an hour and a half um and that's kind of the the essence of it you're just going through each time you get five right as well you uh get a little bit more information to help you you'll get extra interview snippets and that kind of thing um and so that like helps you obviously because so you've got more information to go on um and rivals is kind of similar it's again kind of based around music but this time it follows uh, a biography um uh that someone's written about two rock star friends who then become rivals um there are i think five chapters and each chapter of the book there's um several sections and each section you have to decide oh um you know what is the title of that section so it might be something like um a new record or it might be the band breaks up and you've got this whole section of chapters to choose from and each chapter has a description to kind of help you um know what the chapter is about and again you've got interviews that you have to go through it's a little bit trickier i would say rivals than family he's clearly gone with the formula with family and then thought oh how can i now make it even trickier what i really did like about rivals was there are some real life events that it mentions in parts of the snippets that you go through which can help you and thomas has watched me so i've been streaming this a little bit actually on twitch uh, twitch.tv forward slash up. Yeah, uh, it was it was funny because um, she was like reading out some stuff on, and then uh, yeah, and uh, then we have uh, like Robbie Robertson and uh, Rick Spock, and she was like, oh, in this fictional world, and I'm like, and I texted her like, 
those are real musicians. Yeah, some of the, the okay, legendary some of the, band, some the of the, band. Yeah, some of the musicians they talk about. I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about here. Um, I'm, I'm just glad you knew who Nick Cave was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on now. Give me some credit. I know who Nick Cave is. Goodness me. Um, and Top Loader, it mentions as well. Um, so the idea with rivals, whereas with family, there's uh, bands and you've got to find the band members with rivals. There's a biography and you've got to find the chapters of that biography, basically the sections of the chapters. Um, and there's many of them. Uh, and like I said, it, it depends on real time events. So, for example, uh, each section has a date. So one of the sections might say June 98. Uh, and then there's a little bit, uh, there's an interview about them going to Glastonbury. And I know that Glastonbury is in June. So I think, oh, okay, that matches up with that. So th that's kind of what I mean by real-time events. There was another really fun one because um, you also play, uh, there's a lot more audio to play through as well in, in Rivals compared to Family. Um, but there's there's another one where you play back, I think it's like a, a police interview and they talk about a particular sports game and it's a real life sports game, which you can look up and then find out the date from that. And that's how you um, can tell what date it was and what date the, the section of the chapter is, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so there's kind of fun snippets of that where it was like you were you did feel like you were being a real detective because you had to look outside the game basically to find out elements. Uh, it is bigger; it's a lot denser than Family. I think it it did it takes a little bit more to get into. I think than Family because there's a there's a lot more information. Uh, it isn't out yet, Rivals. So there's um, probably still you know a little bit. Uh, of tinkering uh, to go in it at the moment. I've just been playing a beta version, uh, but I really enjoyed it. I think with both games, it's really uh, satisfying once you get those five right. The music was really good. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I, I thought the music for both was really good and you would believe that was a real band. And obviously it is a real band performing it, but the amount of effort that must have gone in to, um, you know, composing all of that, they felt like, you know, bands you would just hear on the radio. Indeed, it was fun to watch. Uh, I, I missed a, a wee bit, uh, but I, I saw you uh, finishing uh, or playing uh, section one and section three, and you would get a real sense of achievement uh, if you uh, managed to get three or more right. That was that was pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think I think it was five, but yeah, if you if you if you get uh, if you get those five. Obviously, a bit like with Oberdin, it doesn't have the it doesn't have the little dum dum like Oberdin does, but it's got a similar kind of the screen sort of fades and then it goes to a, a different screen to tell you that you've done it right. Um, and yeah, like I said, there's a lot of backstory, uh, especially in Rivals, um, to piece together, um, as well as like little bits of interviews and, and audio snippets. There's also like posters you have to look through. So there's a lot. There's a lot of detail that's gone into it and. Yeah, I would say start off with family and see if you kind of enjoy that that idea, the the sort of puzzle mechanic behind that. And if you enjoy that, you'll definitely enjoy Rivals. And you can get both for not very much money. I think when Rivals does come out at the end of the month, at the end of September, um, on I think on niche.io and Steam. So get get them as a as a double. Why not? They both sound really interesting. I'll have to check them out. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's uh, it's sort of in the vein of um, Oberdin, and it's nice that you know people are using that mechanic. But it's it's got its own twist, and it's obvious that the developer, mm. if you want to follow him on Twitter, he's um, just at Tim Tim Shineman S H E I N M A N. And yeah, it's obvious he's definitely got some background in music. I would say. Uh, sorry, Thomas, what are you going to say? 
No, it it um it definitely it obviously looks a bit uh, a lot better. But I I was thinking about those logic puzzles uh, that you have to you know you get a, a a list of descriptions and then you have to figure out who and what is goes together. And th- this is the same thing. And we were um, sometimes overthinking it because sometimes the the the, the clue was right there. But we were thinking, wait, oh, do we have to check, maybe check all these lyrics or uh, do we have to look at this? Or, oh, he mentions this this real uh, real artist. So we were Googling that real artist. Yeah. Nothing to do with anything. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah, there was with, with a bit of logical thinking and, um, and, and, and perseverance, uh, we managed to, uh, because you wanted to, stop because you were tired mm. you're also like no i i actually i want to i want to finish it because i feel <laughs> yeah. we're onto something and then 15 minutes later we uh, we we cracked it so yeah that was, that, was, uh, that was nice that was fun it was and it was really good to to stream actually so thanks to tim for letting me stream that a bit early because it's uh rivals obviously not out yet but yep check it out when it does come out and family why you know give family a go now that's already out on itch.io and uh and steam and uh, Laura, if uh, and you can check out yeah, Laura's if stream as well. you streaming, <laughs> how can they uh, find you on Twitch? Yes, uh, it's the same as my Twitter. So it's just twitch.tv forward slash Cressup. And yeah, just hoping to do more of that kind of thing, really get developers on and um, have a chat about the games and hopefully preview some games. I've played some de- Gamescom demos as well. Um, and speaking of which, Thomas... You also played some Gamescom demos. Of course, it was it was virtual this year, wasn't it? Yeah, I um, I only I, I played one uh, of the bigger demos. Uh, I watched you play a few demos, after which I downloaded those demos myself because they looked interesting. Um, I played the Rosewater demo, which is mm. basically the first. 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes of the game, depending on how fast you are yourself. Um, it takes place in the Lamplight City universe, uh, but this is in the in, in the Wild West version of, of that. And uh, you arrive in uh, Rosewater, uh, you almost get mugged, and you have to you're you're there for a job, and you have to do a few things to be able to get there. And in classic um, point and click style, there are some inventory things. Um, there are people you can talk to. But uh, Francisco has put his own spin on it because there are there's one big, big puzzle in there, and there are three ways to solve that puzzle. Um, you can I think you can do it very violently, you can do it slightly violently, and you can do it smart. Now I did I think I did the very violent way. <laughs> oh, I was I wasn't expecting that from you actually. Uh, I, I had yeah, I only I found out there were. The... Normally, I do the non-violent way. smart way and try to talk myself out of everything. And in this case, I, mean, the- I, w- I would have expected you, Laura, to do the violent. I think I was slightly violent. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it was it was fun, and it really uh, gave. I, I really loved the music, um, the, the 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 Western music, uh, especially since that other game I played, which I will talk a bit about later, uh, really got me in a western uh, western kind of uh, feel. Um, but it, it looked it looked good. It played uh, it played good. Um, it really made me want to play the whole game. Actually, just and I think that's what a good demo needs to do. It, it needs to give you a, a sense of what the game is. It needs to give you a sense of the gameplay. And um, and I think the demos that I played and the demos that I saw you play, Laura, really um, really 
had that that thing, and uh, I think Rosewater is going to be another another hit for uh, Grundislav uh, Games after Lamplight City. It, it 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 looks to be very 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 promising. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I also played the Rosewater demo, and uh, I thought it was really great fun and. It's clear. I mean, I had a chat with Francisco as well during the Gamescom event, which, as I said, it was all virtual, so this is just over Zoom. But it's it sounds very ambitious, you know, not even just the amount of solutions there's going to be for every puzzle, but also he was saying in Act 2 there's going to be these sort of random events that happen, um, which each time, you know, each playthrough, you're not going to get the same kind of vignettes, he called them, of um, you meeting sort of people on your road trip in in Act 2 as you go to work, because the whole goal is you're going towards this treasure with your uh, band of friends. Um, and there's, you know, the companions also have quests and depending on your relationship with them, there's two different quests, um, and you but you only get to do one of them depending on your relationship. So, yeah, it sounds like although the base game, everyone will be able to play the base game, the actual extra... Uh, sort of layers of it are going to be quite different depending how you play which for an adventure game you know obviously we we have had that kind of choice in adventure games before but this just sounds like it's really really opened up um it's it sounded very ambitious but it yeah. also sounded like he could pull it off oh definitely yeah uh, i have no doubt he so could pull it off. yeah and, and i think you also you already proved a bit like uh with that in lamplight city which i really enjoyed uh steampunk i love that um and i think he managed to uh get the same i i do i did get the feeling we, it it was in the same uh universe yeah it is um yeah francisco said that so and in fact there will be he said some characters that will you'll see in uh, Rosewater that are from Lamplight City. Um, but I don't think hugely important ones, but there will be one or two that will pop up. Yeah, some touchstones with the uh, previous game. I, I love it because th- the feeling I had after playing Lamplight City is I want to see more of this world. And I think it's incredibly fun that he then uh, moved to the Wild West as the uh, yeah. complete opposite. So we'll see what uh, what the entire game... Uh, do you have any idea when it's supposed to come out? So it's supposed to be around spring next year, but there's a couple of games, I think, from the publisher's application systems, Heidelberg, that are also all due to come out around that time. So I don't know. It may be spring next year or it might be pushed slightly later. And also, obviously, Francisco said he's hoped to have it all developed by the end of this year, I think. Yeah, and he regularly streams uh, on Twitch himself where you can watch him work on the game, which is actually, I've watched it a few times. It's quite interesting to see. Yeah, completely, yeah. and it's it is worth yeah, a no, watch. And also, if you uh, if you want to hear my interview with Francisco, you can do. It's uh, up on the Adventure Games podcast. Uh, I spoke to him, and as well, uh, Lisa Evans, who's a, a new developer. He's developing Grobot. Um, I also spoke to Dagmar about her game Ghost on the Shore. Um, they're all from Application Systems Heidelberg, and they're all really interesting. I have to say, they all had lots of different perspectives. Um, on video games on, and on and on COVID and what's going on. Um, so it was it's worth a listen. It's um, not because of me, but because of them, because they were quite interesting. <laughs> no, you were you were a very good <laughs> interviewer. People, I think, would no, probably want no, you no. to do I more interviews, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you you got you went you got to the point. <laughs> people don't <laughs> want that. <laughs> <laughs> 
very very informative and you know very succinct very to the point whereas you know we when i speak you know i kind of waffle around which is what i'm doing now but (laughs) Um, i mean very quickly about a couple of the other um uh, gamescom demos um that i i did play uh yeah growpot growbot again was really good it's a very short demo but probably because the uh, hand-drawn animation was so beautiful. Um, very beautiful. Yeah. Very beautiful. And it, it kind of reminded me a lot of uh, the sort of Amanita design games, um, you know, Machinarium and all those kind of ones. And it's Lisa Evans, is, who's the developer, is an illustrator, which you can tell. Um, so I definitely say uh, check that out when that comes out next year. And another one I'm going to put in a word for was Lamentum, which was really interesting. I wouldn't say it was necessarily technically an adventure game really it's more of a kind of survival horror game with puzzle elements maybe but it was still you know very interesting um uh very good looking game as a pixel art survival horror game um which does have survival elements because there are monsters and you can die um which was yeah that was surprising i know i was like (laughs) oh i'm dead I wonder what now happens now. Oh, yeah. I died. <laughs> but if you kind of, you know, it does have puzzle elements. Um, obviously, as a lot of survival horror games do. But if you if you like that kind of pixel art style and you also don't mind a bit of action in your games, I would say check that one out as well. That's again, I mean, uh, Rosewater is set in an alternate 19th century and this is set in, uh, I think, mid 19th century as well. So there's obviously something going on with games set around that era at the moment. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I saw that stream. I believe I saw a bit of that game with some rather wonderful chat up lines I oh, yeah. from the main character. <laughs> wasn't yes, he was an odd sort, wasn't he? <laughs> Didn't you play a weird game set in a school? That's right. Yes, I'm sure that's how the developers would like that to be described. As uh, it was, uh, that was from the Cyanide and Happiness uh, web comics. Yeah, apparently they're popular, um, but I've never heard of them. Up until the yeah, game. I mean, I'd, I'd heard of them before. Um, I've not seen them recently, but they are quite popular as webcomics, and you could tell the kind of comic book design. Um, uh, yeah, and it kind of goes with the typical webcomic humour because it is kind of a little bit lowbrow, some of the humour. Um, but fun, hmm. I would say. Uh, Shosha nods. Um, but yeah, it was, and that was quite sort of point and click adventure game that very much, you know, you have an inventory and you have to pick stuff up and combine it. Uh, but that was quite fun. Sometimes the humor was a little bit sort of too in your face. Uh, (laughs) again, check out, yes, indeed. Check out my stream again, because comics are as well. Yeah, exactly. So it it follows in the style of the humor of the comics. So that's, you know, if you like the comics, that's what you're going to. You're gonna like that. It probably. looked, it looked, uh, it looked nice enough that I wanted to give it a try. Yeah, it, uh, nice. it comes yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. And, and didn't yeah. you play yeah. Laura? Was it Chicken Police that you play? I'm, I'm very curious about. Yes. That. Oh, of course. Yes. Oh, I should, oh I should, it's also fun. Yeah. Yeah, I should mention that because that. Um, I'm. I'll be honest, uh, but having heard of Chicken Police, and I was thinking it's another animal, animal detective game. <laughs> you know, how many more of these games can we get? But the visual style is uh, very different to uh, some of the other games. It's very much more uh, detailed, um, uh, very well shaded and kind of noir-like. It's, you know, it's not pixel at all. It's, um, I don't know if it's animated or hand-drawn or um, or what the actual sort of uh, animation is, but it looks beautiful. It look, and uh, the accents and uh, voice, voice acting is excellent. You know, you've got like a Scottish 
porcupine <laughs> these kind of different characters which i really enjoyed it's not it's not got much or at least the demo didn't have in the way of puzzles it was more just talking to people um and more just how you interact with people um i don't know if the rest of the the game will have more in the way of puzzles but yeah i i really enjoyed it i, I don't know what you guys thought from watching it I, I just saw a little bit of what he put on Instagram and what surprised me was that mm. there were sweary chickens that there were. Mm. <laughs> hey. Again, I yeah, it... wasn't expecting that. But again, I'm here for it if it makes sense, but it kind of, <laughs> I just found that. Yeah, hilarious. I guess it's a noir, you know, it's a darker game. So it's, you know, there are some uh, sort of humor elements, but it's more kind of like grisly and mm. I suppose it's got to fit in with that style, really. But I enjoyed it. I thought it, it looked amazing um, and really well voice acted. And yeah, another one, another Animal Detective game. But I mean, that's like they're all got genre their own... now. <laughs> I, it basically is, isn't it? Yeah. They've all got their own style, though. That's the thing. So I would probably play them all, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> no, I'm interested in all of them, actually. Yeah, like there's definitely. Some, like you mentioned, Chicken Police, which is a dark, grisly noir. Then there's some more comedy ones like uh, Nine War Lies and there's Lone mm-hmm. Winklebottom. Yes. There, uh, there's Backbone, which is also a noirish one, which looks really good. And Inspector Waffles. Yes, Inspector Waffles. That looks... We, we played that. And, um, yeah. It's, well, we played Demo, at least last year. It was at Adventure X. And that looks, again, like a mixture of comedy and then serious story as well. And, and yeah, they all look good. they've all got their... <laughs> yeah, they've all got their own little gimmicks all look like they they play very well so i i'm intrigued by all of them but there were so many other gamescom demos as well there was there was a lot to play and they mainly made it work i i, I thought mm, because they good. the indie booth was all kind of virtual you had your own little avatar and you walked around and you could talk to developers and and uh click on screens and it would send you to their steam page and that kind of thing i mean there, there's still work to be done maybe but in general, I thought they did a pretty good job considering they didn't have a lot of time to put everything up. Um, but Thomas, you were mentioning as well, uh, you were saying you enjoyed kind of the Western location of Rosewater, but um, you, you have now definitely finished another Western game, which you really enjoyed, Ooh. Desperados 3. Yeah. Apart from yeah. the DLC. Yeah, it's, oh, no. well, it's not, a, it's not an adventure <laughs> game, but uh, no. it, it's, it, it is very story driven. Um, because Desperados is a real-time strategy uh, game where you control a group of outlaws of Desperados, and they all have their special skills, and you have to fulfill yeah, every mission uh, by using the the skills of the people you have available. That's between two and five characters, uh, and Desperados uh, one came out in two thousand and. One, I think, uh, Desperados 2, I think, was in 2006. And then in 2007, uh, there was um, a spinoff uh, called Helderado. And then finally, this year, in 2020, we get Desperados 3. And uh, I can tell you, it was 100% worth the wait. Uh, I, I've played Desperados 1 and 2. I've, I have fond memories of those. Uh and so I, I jumped at the opportunity to be able to uh, to play Desperados 3. Uh, the game consists of uh, three chapters, um, a total of uh, 15 missions, and it took me 56 hours to complete the entire game. Oof. Now, I took my time How long? to 50, complete this game. 56 uh, hours? I said it's real-time strategy, but you can pause the game and you ha- you're, you do, you'll be doing a lot of saving and reloading. 
because you're going to make a ton of mistakes. And I thought it, it basically every level is a huge puzzle where you have to try and find out how can I get from point A to point B? Uh, how can I take out all these bad guys in the middle? Uh, do I, uh, for instance, use Kate O'Hara to seduce one character so he doesn't look my way so I can then use Hector to kill another character and use Cooper to uh, sneak by? And you're constantly working on on those solutions. And I found that uh, incredibly fun. Uh, the game is very atmospheric. Um, I think this... This might be the the most fun Western game I have ever played, because I, I I totally loved it. Um, the only thing I could really give as a downside is that well, it is a huge game. Uh, if you're not a fast player, I'm not a fast player, so that's why it took me so long. There are apparently players who can do these levels within thirty minutes. Uh, so oh, it, wow. it it totally depends on you because I did almost everything with stealth. Uh, you could technically go in guns blazing, uh, but I didn't do that. I really, and I sometimes replayed parts if I did something wrong. Uh, I, I wanted to do a, a different approach, so I really took my time with that. And sometimes, because I played so long, the music got a wee bit repetitive. And that's the only, uh, the only criticism I really have for this game because I had so much fun. Otherwise, I would not have been able to finish uh, a game this big. And uh, also, the the day I uh, finished my review of the game, the DLC dropped and they added three new missions to the game. So I know what I'm going to be playing this weekend. It's those last three missions of uh, oh, those three new missions from Desperados 3. <laughs> so I, I would highly recommend because uh, as a fan of the series, you, you now basically get to see how Cooper became the guy he was and how he met uh, the people that are there because the characters of Doc McCoy and Kate O'Hara are also in uh, Desperados 1 and 2. Uh, but here you see how they met each other and how that friendship uh, was built. And it also adds Hector, a really, really big Mexican guy that has a huge uh, trap with which he can uh, uh, kill enemies. And he's also the only one who can carry two bodies at once, which is very useful. And you have Isabel, who is a Louisiana voodoo queen, and she can uh, mind control people. Uh, for instance, she can mark people so you can kill someone, uh, uh, two people at the same time because they're connected, stuff like that. So the, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I highly, highly, highly recommend this game. I would not be surprised if this game ends up in my top three of the year for this year. Mm, high praise indeed. And I, yeah, it's one I want to play. So um, I'll see if I've got the hours to play it. Disney 56 <laughs> hours free time, Rich. Yeah. No, it took me 56 okay, hours to complete yeah. it. That doesn't mean it will take you 56 hours. As, because see. as I said, I really, really took my time. You took your time. All right, fair enough. Um, so well, speaking of a slightly hours, <laughs> <laughs> knowing Laura, probably yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, this this the final game that we're going to talk about, Roki. Um, yes. Some people, I think, I've done in about nine hours, uh, but I, I think it took me. I think it took me about twelve. Um, uh, you, which you're also playing, Shoshu, I believe, yes, at the moment. You're kind of halfway through. I haven't finished it because at the same time, Tell Me Why dropped, and that's also mm. a game that I wanted to play. And I knew that you were playing Rocky, so I tried to finish it. Well, there's 
three episodes with third one haven't released yet but yeah i'm currently playing through tell me why which i can talk more about uh well at the end of this episode and more uh, in the next two weeks but yeah so roki i'm really enjoying what i'm playing so far yeah, I mean, so it's, I finished it. Finished it last night. Um, I it's a beautiful game. I would say first of all, mm. very very beautiful game. It's set. I think you don't get to know the exact sort of country, but it's set in a kind of Scandinavian uh, country, um, somewhere like Iceland and Norway, that, that kind of place. Um, uh, and you play as this little girl, Tove, who sort of falls into this folklore world because she wants to rescue her little brother, Lars. So it's got the kind of elements of Scandinavian folklores and some kind of dark modern sort of fairy tales, um, that sort of Grimm brothers, or all that kind of elements to it. And the world is beautiful, absolutely beautifully animated to explore. Um, you kind of feel almost the cold as you're wandering around uh, with uh, this snow falling because there is a lot of snow in the game. Um, and the world is beautiful to, to watch, but it's also beautiful um, kind of the creatures she meets. There's a lot of detail and thought that's gone into the creature she meets along the way she's got to try and get her brother back um from this raven queen that's stolen him um she meets trolls you know she she meets uh giants um and you know so, so it's it's very sort of imaginative the kind of and, and very charming but kind of with a sort of dark menace as well all these creatures you're a bit like you're not sure if they're going to eat you or if they're going <laughs> to help you out really which is kind of a bit like with modern fairy tales i guess um yeah and the idea is it's it's very much um a kind of third person um 2d uh sort of side scroller and you uh have to solve a lot of puzzles there's plenty of puzzles if you like puzzles you're gonna like roki uh there's inventory puzzles where you're just picking up items and combining them but i they go i i would say they put a lot of detail into, and thought into the puzzles as well because later on there's a big section um with a spider where you're having to um do a little bit of platforming um and sort of changing lights in in different ways to get the spider to move further up away from you um there's another section uh, basically the whole chapter three you're having to switch um between two characters in two different points in time but in the same location and they're doing puzzles together there's sort of time puzzles so yeah i would say and and most of the puzzles i would say probably about 95 percent of them were enjoyably they were taxing but you were able to sort of solve them uh, if you just gave it a little bit of thought um so which is what you want from an adventure game um the voice acting so there's kind of a little bit of voice acting but it's interesting because uh, it's many just from uh, it's many from Tove, but also from some of the characters. But they basically just say all the uh, dialogues written on the screen is written in text, um, and then they'll just say like give little reactions as as part of that. So uh, if if Tove is saying something about Lars, the voice actor would just go Lars like that. Yeah, I, I love that actually, <laughs> <laughs> which is a good way of not having to pay your voice actors very much. <laughs> uh you know you do, they uh -huh. only have to but it, it it adds a little bit of atmosphere and it adds a little bit of presence to the characters and actually maybe a bit more than if they spoke every line of dialogue you know you've got the sort of bumbling papa who's sort of uh, potbelly papa who's um sort of just goes ho 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 as he said you know as the lines come up and uh, you know it, it's kind of uh i think it's a interesting way of doing it really uh, as i said a, a, probably a cheaper way for the developers but i think it also works it, it still brings them to life yeah in this case um, it works as well sorry to cut in but it, it works no, as yeah. well because 
Um, also, a lot of you know people might just click ahead, even if there is voice acting. So you mightn't hear all the voice acting, but in this case, yeah. you just hear them say, you know, Lars or grunting or whatever. Yeah. And so you can just oh, still oh. read the lines of dialogue very quickly if, if you wanted to and still not miss anything. Yeah. So and I think it's kind of cute in this case. It kind of works. Yeah, but it works with a kind of cute uh, aesthetic, which is mm. it's an interesting aesthetic Ricky's got because it's cute and charming, but there are some dark, dark parts to it. Yeah, it, <laughs> um, it kind yeah. of reminded yeah, me that... a little bit of Pan's Labyrinth, but a lot less violent. Yes, <laughs> that yes, no less, less sort it's... of adult and violent. Yeah, I think kids yeah. could play a... with their parents with this so far from what I've played. There's certainly no violence. Yeah, there. I mean there are some scary scenes in it. That first scene in the house. Um, that I'm thinking of yeah. but you know there's nothing it depends on the kids as well it's um, you know I, I think it's possible yeah I agree and I think uh, you mentioned the scene in the house so there's um, uh, a lot of flashbacks that Tove has to when she she has to help these guardians who will help her find her brother and to do that she has to go into flashbacks of memories of what's happened with her family and especially her mother so it does deal with some kind of mature themes as well but I think it deals with that all in a very sensitive way and you know the themes about sort of family and um you know having to sort of deal with losing a family member it deals with it in a very uh sensitive very thoughtful way i just thought it was a, it was a beautiful game charming game it uh, even you know you, you you as you go on and on i was just amazed by chapter three because chapter two is huge uh -huh. there's so much you I'm have to there. do <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot. You suddenly realize at one point you're like, oh, this is still one chapter because um, chapter one is fairly short. And then you get into chapter three and you're like, oh, my gosh, there's still loads to do. It's all built around this one castle and you, you keep opening up other doors and you're like, wow, OK, there's this I've got to do. And the sense of scale is really impressive. Um, but you never really feel sort of bored or tired with what you're doing i think they've got an excellent sense of pace and the puzzles never feel too taxing and it's just a really fun world to be in really beautiful world <clears throat> all the creatures are really good fun there's there's that guy i, I mean, you must have seen him already sure the guy uh, the sort of weird monster guy who he's playing uh, instruments with his feet and he's in that pool of, yes, pool yes, of water that you have to <laughs> yeah they have to get to, you have to be able to was it play music for the water or something yes yeah, and no, you really have to bring it. him yes. yeah very, yeah i really like that that area comic <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot of it like that and you you know you have to bring him snacks and stuff mm. and they're, they're all a bit kind of above this little girl but they're also a bit impressed that she's doing yeah. so well basically like, oh you're a human uh, who's helping us your little girl who's yeah yeah. Uh, so yeah, and I thought she's she is a great character as well. You really believe in in her, and um, the writing is is really good, really clever. It's just I I would say this is probably in my top three at the moment for games of the year because it, it's there's the, the only the only thing I would agree with you, sure, sure. I know you you will have this point, but the the only small element is the fact um, you can't manually save. It is an also save. No, I actually don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> no, don't get him. Started again. I know, I so, know, I should. This is what I, I think. <laughs> but actually, in this game, I know Laurie mentioned the spider puzzle, which you said you can't say, which yeah. I have. For most of the other parts, actually, which I did note, because I know we had this discussion when I first started the game and I saw that there was no manual saves. I actually quit the game and deleted because I was like, every single Oof. game I am playing this year seems to have automatic save slots or checkpoints only now yeah. i do have to mention as well that you can actually save at least most of the time 
at least later on chapter two if you change screen if you go to a different screen you can say so it saves automatically then so it saves automatically yeah and it comes so up with a little helped. symbol that, which it does mention at the start of the game yeah so that, uh, that helped me continue now also yes. i just want to mention very briefly that on our discord page um ingo warnke i'm sure i've butchered his name i'm really sorry but he actually made a very good point i'm not going to read it all because it is a bit long but he actually was saying why developers have automatic saves that um he says capturing all of this in, in this status to a save file and not forgetting a thing while development goes on and systems change is not very simple it's much easier to define a couple of points where the game developer knows there's no immediate action going on and um and then he goes he uses limbo for example which says no need to capture which point the flood is rising which moment will exactly be when the rope is swinging right now so what he's saying is that it, it is easier for developers usually to have automatic save points at certain moments and that mm. that will create less problems less bugs usually but yeah i i still prefer manual saves to let us save wherever we want but um yeah i mean i was going to say actually for the for, for all of Roki up until that spider puzzle, I was mm. going to say to you, sure, sure, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, it's fine. It doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. But the spider one, it I mean, maybe it just took me a little while. It will. It should take you at least 20 minutes, um, maybe half an hour. I think it took me about half an hour, that one puzzle, and that you are in a room. You cannot, as far as I'm aware, correct me if I'm wrong, if anyone um, thinks I'm wrong, but um, I think you can't save until you do that whole puzzle all the way through. And that's, you know, it's a long yeah. puzzle if, if you... And it's something you don't really want to have to reset and do it again because you have to remember what, what you've done. And that's the only time I was like, oh, actually, I mean, it may be also because I was playing it quite late at night. But yeah. um, it just would have been nice to, <laughs> yeah, at that point, being able to save. Yeah. But otherwise, mm. I didn't. I That's the only thing I can really think of there being an issue with the game. I uh, really enjoyed it. And it's uh, it's on Steam now, I would definitely say give it a look you know it is i suppose kind of long for an adventure game because we're getting a lot of adventure games now that are like three four hours maybe but for i mean for 10 to 12 hours it is mm, i think it's definitely length. worth your time and i, I think i yeah. agree exactly but that's good <laughs> but I pretty think. much exactly so far that i'm really enjoying it apart from the yeah i haven't reached that point yet so thanks for warning me <laughs> mm, let's but, see what you think, but, no, think <laughs> give it some time it, it it looks beautiful it's um the puzzles are logical they're not necessarily easy is that you have to think but they're not too difficult yeah. i don't think um and uh and and yeah i i love games set in snowy locations anyway so uh this game seems perfect for me and uh yeah i mean yeah. i have played i mean again i'm i've played this episode one of tell me why i really enjoyed that as well i don't know where that would be uh, later on in the year and of course i really enjoyed beyond steel sky but this game as well so far it could be in top three as well uh we'll see when i finish it yeah, we might have to make it a top five, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how we go. Well, it's going to be going to be um, difficult. So yeah, but yes, yeah, so that's out. That's out on Steam now. You can you can get that now, and I think it might be out on some. It might be coming out perhaps on Switch. I might be wrong, but I could see it working on Switch because actually, mm. that's one thing I would say is I be I don't know about you, Shosha, but I've been playing it on a uh, game gamepad. Yeah, myself as well with a game controller. Yeah, that is doing yeah. perfect on on Switch. Yeah. So yes. So it's Switch. It's out on Switch and obviously Windows and and Mac and and Steam and all of that. So um, yeah, definitely if you've got a Switch, as well, check it out. Uh, without, without, giving, um, without giving it away, of course. Um, mm. The so the ending. Do you think that it was satisfying? Or now again, obviously, don't give any specifics. Or no, of course. 
I'm yeah. well versed in this. <laughs> um, uh, but did, did you play it to the end? Uh, do you think it? Now, it's interesting because there's a moment where you think it's ended and I was a bit like, what? Did I press something? And I thought it did a little bit of a Sopranos ending where I was like, huh, what's happened? Mm. And then it kind of it has an epilogue. So it kind of goes to the if you hit the credits and you're like, what's going on? Uh, Don't worry, there's more. Okay. Uh, Because I was like, oh, God, did I press the (laughs) button and I missed this cutscene, like the final cutscene? I was like, oh, no. But yeah apart from that that bit i was a bit like what are they doing here why okay. why have they done this okay. <laughs> but apart from that yeah no i thought it um there's a little bit i would say perhaps with the, the the raven sort of guardian where all this game she sort of wanted one thing for her son roki which is obviously where the title comes from and then she quite quickly changes her mind and is like no okay fine and the, <laughs> a bit of that i was like really but it kind of did make sense within okay. with the game with with what people were saying to her so it kind of made sense why she changed her mind but it, all in all yeah i thought it, it lived up to it. especially the the puzzle elements of that final chapter were were pretty amazing um so yeah but all i would say is yeah if it hits the credits and you're like what <laughs> then don't worry it, so there'll be a little bit more okay yeah yeah well or you can skip the credits and just go to the epilogue but yeah which is <laughs> why i did <laughs> we skipped the credits so poor yes. people the game. yeah i watch the credits even when i'm watching netflix just to you know because it's not i can over. watch the credits whenever i want i don't have to sit and watch them then it's sacrilegious <laughs> it's not <laughs> i wanted to check if i'd accidentally skip the cutscene or not so i had to, i wanted to see if it would just go to the menu or what was going to happen so it's their own fault that's what i would say uh, well we'll, we'll agree to this sorry yeah uh, polygon tree <laughs> i really like your game uh yeah her, i don't know <laughs> top three um well that's right. all we've got time for <laughs> I believe that's that's the end <laughs> of this episode. Unless, are you, what what are you guys going to be playing next? What you've got? I know, sure, she was saying, "Tell me why." Yeah, uh, I just started, anything else? I just started playing. Uh, Tell me why. I finished episode one. There are three episodes all together, so I hope to play all three of them. Um, I can say a little tiny bit about it now. So it is from Don't Nod, who of course made Life is Strange and Life is Strange Two, and um, so this game is set in Alaska. And I suppose the big thing about this game, the selling point of this game, which don't not are really uh, shouting from the rooftops, is that the main character is transgender, and the actor who portrays him is also transgender, as well. So that's you know that that's good. And so it's from what I've played at least from episode one. Now I, thought, you know, to be completely honest, I'm not transgender, and I don't know much uh, about them either. But this game, I think, from what I've seen, I think it can help us kind of understand what they go through. And, you know, there's also a good story, but it's, it's obvious that they have done research into it and they've worked with groups, I think, who work with uh, in the LGBTQ community. And so I think it's definitely very respectful, very sensitive, at least from my point of view, from what I see. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed episode one. It looks beautiful. I love the locations. I mean, I love Alaska anyway. And here they really seem to have got that huge location that as well it looks really really amazing and uh, i'm really enjoying it uh, the gameplay mechanics is you know they're twins and sometimes they can talk what is it um psychokinetically or what tele- telekinetically um mm. which is funny as well and then they can see memory telepathically telepathically thank you Thomas. yes i guess and... telekinetically you're moving things aren't you oh, <clears throat> well 
Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's supernatural. <laughs> and um, <laughs> but what, what's interesting is that you can kind of see, a, I believe similar to Tacoma, you can see memories. So you see kind of these shadows oh, okay. of, of themselves when they were kids and their mother and the other characters. And then you have to uh, just find out what happened. I don't want to give too much away. Um, and there are mm. one or two puzzles as well. Now, they are optional. You can get help with the puzzles or you can try and do them yourself. I did it myself and I was able to resolve them. Now, they're not terribly difficult, but it's nice that they added some variety as well so far. So I will be able to speak more about it uh, in um, hopefully two weeks time when I've hopefully played all three episodes. But I really enjoyed episode one. Now, I know that there might have been some people who were like maybe they made too much of an issue of the transgender that maybe because i have heard other people say that they would like it you know to be treated like normal if you if you know what i mean yeah I, like every day yeah but i think with the world that we live in unfortunately that is not the case so i think they do right to um you know to say you know but the research that they've done with the communities they've worked on and yeah this is very respectful for trans tra transgender and lbgq community but i think just about anybody can play this it's you know, so far a good story as well. That's that's well written. That's well told, and I I'm looking forward to playing episodes two and three and see where the story goes. And Thomas, how about you? you got anything new? <laughs> yeah, from the DLC. No, I yeah. Well, I I played Last of Us two, which took me forty hours. I played Desperados three. I know you keep hours. playing these long games. So I I think after I've I think I am gonna play the DLC and then I'm gonna play something not so long. And yeah, I'm thinking I, about I would Beyond the Steel Sky. Beyond the Steel Sky, definitely, and Into a Dream, I'd recommend Ooh. as well. Yeah, mm. I've got, I've, I have so much on my list. Uh, mm. I, I'm, I'm planning on diving into my backlist and unless uh, the Gaming Outsider has something for me to review. Um, so I'm, I'm, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive into um, the demos that I still have to play and the full games. And I, I got some new games recently as well. Uh, they were old games, but they were new for me. So um, I will let you know in uh, one or two weeks uh, what I have played. Excellent. Ooh, and, and I agree. I think I... Uh, no, sorry. I was just going to say I agree. I think I, I will also be checking out Beyond the Steel Sky because I have also played Beneath the Steel Sky now, um, which I really enjoyed, and I can probably re review that along with Beyond. Um, but yeah. Should I, I'm, should I play that first? Uh, well, I've played it. Because I have played it but so long ago. Yeah, I'd say why not? It's a great yeah, game. It's a I mean, very if, good game. Now, yeah, in, I really enjoyed it. So in, in Beyond the Steel Sky, they do reference Beneath... A lot. You don't need to have played Beneath uh, to enjoy Beyond. I mean, I don't, I don't want to give anything away, but they do have clever ways of referencing Beneath if you haven't played that game and reminding you of what happened in that story and how it ties into events in Beyond. And also, it's probably the best time to play Beyond because they have released um, uh, what's oh, patches for the game because when I played it, when yep. I reviewed it, there were some bugs that were quite funny, <laughs> but I know that some people might have given a negative rating because of the bugs, but I believe now would probably be the best time to play because they have uh, updated the game, they have released patches. So I'd be very curious to know if there are still bugs that remain in the game, because even when I was playing, now I did play a very early beta build, but there was one part where it was nighttime 
and I just took the train and then it kind of went back in time. I wasn't supposed to do it, but it kind of went back okay. in time, back to daytime <laughs> and I kind of got stuck. So I had to restart it. But oh, like, again, most of the time when I played it, the bugs were small. It weren't like that. But now I think it should be playable. But of course, you guys will be able to tell us in more detail um, how they did. So looking forward to hearing yeah. your thoughts because I, I, even with the bugs, I still really, really enjoyed it. I loved the humor and the story. And uh, speaking of endings, I really liked the ending. That was kind of emotional. In a Ooh, way. Very, okay. very clever as well, in a way. But I really loved, loved the game. Um, I think that, yeah, it's a, it's a hit for Revolution. So Lovely. Uh, well, I look think. forward to it. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I think that kind of wraps up this episode episode 80 so thank you very much hopefully i did an all right job there thank you Laura. Uh, I think people will be, <laughs> let, let us know what to well if you want to give abuse you can please to thomas. don't you can... No. <laughs> let us know on our discord channel or if you're a patreon and how can you become yes. a patreon Sersha? uh yeah oh wow so yeah so patreon there will be a, a new things coming up because next week i will be uploading my interview with Eventually, I'll be doing it. The developers of Interrogation. Remember that game? Ah, uh, yes. And yeah, they also, very good. They that also game. had a spoiler special. So that will be up, uploaded for Patreon exclusively as well. Um, but the full I mean, the interview in general will be for everyone. And then the spoiler special will be with them. It was a fun interview. I haven't had a chance to upload that interview yet. But that was done last year. And they were great fun to talk to. There's a fantastic game. And again, a lot of topics the real world topics that are happening now you could say uh so it was a lot of fun to speak to them about their inspirations and how they came about telling that story and using the gameplay mechanics so um i would definitely recommend people check that out and a spoiler with the developers of interrogation will be on patreon you can subscribe if you wish to patreon.com forward slash adventure games podcast so you can help us there are two tiers a five dollar tier the one dollar tier and you can help us as well and then get these extras as well that I just mentioned, like with spoilers, with um, with developers. And so, again, now, of course, if you uh, are not able or don't want to become a patron, that's fine. But also would really help, and I don't say this enough, is if you give us a review on Apple Podcasts or rate us as well, um, it would really help as well. It would really help us with visibility. So even just one or two lines, if you do like this podcast, it would really help to give the link in, link there in the show notes. So again, also tell us if there's anything you'd like, you think we should improve on. Tell give us, us those well. five stars. Yeah, yeah why not? Give, give us those five stars. But uh, definitely. And also on Discord, Twitter, you can hit us up there. And, and uh, if you, uh, Sersha, if you if someone leaves a five star review, we are going to read it on air. Okay, uh, we will. Yes, yeah, yeah. I believe I have read some. I have to go through them again yep. to 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 read them because there are some very nice reviews. Thank you to everyone who's written reviews. There are some very lovely reviews that people have left, and um, and also with the gaming or the podcast awards. Unfortunately, we didn't win. I don't have the exact results, but I do know that uh, quite a number of people at least told me that they voted for us. Now we were up against. Thank you very much. So thank you to everyone yeah, who voted first, but we were. I didn't expect to win it because we were up against some very good, very big podcasts that are, you know, that work in studios and a, you know, professional. Not that we're not professional, but we don't get paid for this. But they're, you know, people who have their main jobs as podcasters. So, but thank you for voting for us, and um, and yeah, 
So, and thank you, Laura. And thank you. I think people thank will you. be thank you, you to host in the future. No, no. <laughs> and do the interviews. I think people will Oh, no, no. We don't need to do more. that. No, no, <laughs> or, no. Or maybe Thomas, uh, if you could, you want to do yes. some more interviews or host like The Last of Us Part 2. He's just looking at me slacking off. He's trying to get rid of all his duties. He's a lazy boy. Yeah. Oh, dear. Well, we'll see. Who knows who'll be hosting it next time? The next spoiler <laughs> special will be uh, hopefully Disco Elysium once you've finished it. Oh, and then oh that's will, never going to happen. I will host that one. I mean, yeah. it's very it safe to say that. The two, I could, be, I mean, I, I think I could even, because it, it's very good, but it's very long. It's very long. Oh, game. It's, listen to him, man. I'm not, I'm not You're talking to a man who's played 56 best, hours. I know, and I don't know how One of the best time. games. I don't of know a how decade, you, have to time you don't to play complain it. about time. No, nope. it's no, nope, not it's... accepted. Right, order, order. I'm going to break up this this episode before it goes any further. Uh, yeah, join join us again for for an episode. Who who've you, who's uh, coming up in in terms of developer interviews? Uh, sure, sure. Next episode. Yes, yeah, so as I just said, Laura, the developers of interrogation. Oh, I didn't. Sorry, I didn't. I thought that was you a, a Patreon. That was a, just a Patreon thing. So you weren't listening as always. No, I was. <laughs> Right, okay. No, the spoiler Goodbye. Free, the spoiler free interview will be for everyone next Friday and then the spoiler Fine. interview will be okay. on Patreon. Because we were talking about Patreon, so maybe you need to make that a bit clearer. Okay, uh thank you very much, both of you, Thomas and Joshua. I've been Laura and uh tune in next week for that interview with the developers of interrogation. Um you will be deceived and another review episode very shortly. Thank you very much, everybody. Bye bye, keep on questing.